Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. What a wonderful start to our year. Uh, last week when we had Pastor Frank DiMaggio share a message call, and if you haven't heard that, let me encourage you to listen to it again online. It was just a, a great equipping message for uh, people who want to be mighty prayers, praying mighty prayer uh, to see God do incredible things in our life. How many of us need to see uh, some things shift in our life? Yeah? Somebody might elbow you and say, you do, come on. Um, but he's just, and he talked about living under this word called possibility. We've had so much challenge over the last couple of years, and I'm not going to re-preach his message, but just to begin to believe for possibility, that something good could be happening, not just a negative expectation, but a positive possibility a perspective on our lives, on our family, and on what God might be asking us to do. But... Um, how many of us, even right now, as he said that, we're praying and believing that God would do something significant. Maybe as the hands went up all the room, some of you are praying for a son and daughter to return to Jesus. Amen. Some of you might be praying and hoping that you could get a more reliable vehicle or a vehicle at all this year. Some of you might be asking God for someone to spend your life with. Some of you might be praying for a job or a new and a better job. All kinds of things that we're praying for. Some of you might be praying things and you're not even sure you should be praying them. Like when we go to the mall, my wife prays for a parking spot near the front. I said, honey, we can use a little more walking. Let's go to the back. But she has great faith for parking lot and line favor. She's I can't tell you how many times we get into a line somewhere, there's nobody in the line, and then we get there, and then there's a big lineup right behind us. And she just looks at me, that's line favor. I don't know if you should be praying for that, but why not? Why not pray for a good deal when you go shopping, right? You need something? Stretch your money a little further. Sometimes you're praying and you're facing options. Should I take this job or that job? Or if you're like I was at 17 and 18, you're like, I don't know if it should be her or her. You're not sure what to do with that. I get it. It's okay. God did not answer my first prayer. God gave me a better prayer answer in my wife. Yeah, you can. that's good. I would have clapped for that, but it's okay. Some of you, if you're a young person, you're not sure, should I go to university? Should I go to trade school? Should I go on CERB for the rest of my life? Should I go to YWAM? What should I do? So many options out there for your life, maybe. Options, and what do I do? And how many of us prayed for something for a really, really long time, and you're just getting tired of waiting for the answer, or you don't know if it would come, and should I keep even going? Some people are going through the agony of infertility and crying themselves and praying themselves to sleep at night, wondering what's happening. Others are whispering a prayer constantly under their breath to God for healing in their physical body or someone that's close to them that they love. Difficult situation that you just don't know what to do or you're not sure you can keep doing the right thing because you're just tired. Anybody? So what do we do? I know as followers of Jesus, I'm so grateful for the word of God. 
So grateful for the word of God that someone said it to, today that the word of God's quick and it's powerful. It helps you discern things. The word of God gives great principles for life, for family, for marriage, for finances. So many great principles to live your life in the word of God. The word works if you work it, someone used to say. The word works if you work it. I'm so grateful for the word of God. The word reads us as much as we read it. But it's not just written word. Because the word of God doesn't always speak to your specific situation. It doesn't tell you which town you should live in. It doesn't tell you always what option you should take. It doesn't always give you the answer of how to parent that child. You know that one that needs a special understanding. It doesn't always give you all the things of when to be strict or more strict. And there's no verse saying, don't even think about marrying that person. There's no verse for that. See, the Bible though also reveals that God is interested in the details of our life. The Bible also talks about that God cares for the things of our life. Because some of us might be in spaces and places as we think about our life, we say, does God even care or know or see what's going on in the world or in my world or what I've been praying about or what I've been asking about or I've been pretending I don't care about but do deeply care? Or has he just got a world to attend to and I just need to live with what I get? You see, some people have the view that it doesn't matter where or how you're serving God. It just is important that you do. And there's something valuable to that at, at a base level, that you just have a heart to do what God's called you to do. But I don't think that that fully reflects what Scripture says. See, some people, because when they hear that, they lean into an, a, a mindset called fatalism, not faith, fatalism, that it says, and this is what fatalism means. It means the belief that all events are predetermined and therefore inevitable. And sometimes if you're a follower of Jesus, we can live like that, slip it into neutral and say, what will be, will be. Or if you're, what is, it is what it is. And we live in that moment and... That's how we think. And then there's others who hear that God is interested in the details of our life and slip into a mode of striving and trying to make it happen and doing all the things and making sure I don't miss my devotions and making sure I pray 12 hours a day and, and I'm pushing and pushing and pushing. And the effects of those two extremes is that we muddle about in prayer instead of experiencing what God would have for us, and which we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. First is that we begin to lack in persistence and we wax and we wane in our prayers because it's, after all, it's all up to God anyway. So I'll say a prayer and just leave it with them. Then we, or we might lack confidence because we're not really sure that what we're praying is what God wants for us. So we don't lack, or we lack confidence and we don't contend and continue to pray into it. Or others might be just simply disappointed because God has not come through in the way that you anticipated he would come through by now. And we're still unclear of what, of when, of where, of how, of why hasn't anything changed. God, where are you and when are you going to show up in a way that I've been asking? 
But Jesus is very personal. I love how many of the songs that we talked about reminding us of that, that Jesus knows you, that Jesus is for you. You know, there is this saying in culture that says the devil's in the details, but I absolutely contend that the Holy Spirit is in the details. I'm not going to acquiesce the details of my life, say, God, you can have the big picture, but the devil's in the details. No, thanks. The Holy Spirit is in the details of my life and of my call and what God's called us to do. And Jeremiah 1, this is about a prophet of hundreds of years before Jesus by the name of Jeremiah that God called. And this gives us a, a window, an insight into how God looks at you. In Jeremiah 1 and verse 4, it says this. It says, the word of the Lord came to me, that's to Jeremiah, saying, before. Somebody say before. Let's try that again. Before. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. God's very pro-life. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. There's so much in there, and I'm not going to get into it all, but I will say this. There's some things that we need to know. Before you were ever known by man, you were known by God. Before you ever made one plan for your life, you were, God had a plan for your life. Be ever, before, while we're trying to figure out what our purpose is, God knows it. He's created you for it. Not only has he appointed you for something that's significant, and I'm not talking about a job. I'm talking about the way that we live our life. He's appointed you, and he's also anointed you for it. It's not just some random collection of chances that how, I don't know how it's all going to work out, but it's God who's working in you to will and to do according to his good pleasure. He's not surprised. He knows where he's calling you to go. God forms you. God knows you. God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. And it's up to us to say, that's where I want to go. But then, if that's so, Craig, why is it so challenging at times? If God has a plan, why doesn't he get on with it? Why doesn't he do something? And today I want you to, under, to help us understand something that I hope will help your prayer. And we're going to be talking about this over the next few weeks, about how to grow in or why do we need two-way prayer? Some of us are good at leaving and praying, and that's good. Here, God, I tell you what I need. Uh, there used to be the song, give me this, I want that. Fill in what I miss on my never-ending shopping list with God. But it's much, much more than that. It's meant to be two-way. I grew up in a logging community, and one of the things that you learn as you travel on logging roads is it's important to have a two-way radio while you're traveling on a workday. Because, and this happened to me uh, when I was on Vancouver Island, I was driving down a logging road on a Friday, I think it was, or a Thursday, with a van full of young adults, and we were going to a place where we were going to go hiking. And we were going along, it's a logging road, I didn't think anybody was on it, so I'm just driving down the road. And we come around a corner, and there's a logging truck moving towards us, and the rule of the road is get out of the way when a logging truck's coming. It had 12-foot bunks that were like, I had to like drive this van up onto, out, and onto the ditch off the road so that I didn't die in that moment. Two-way prayer is kind of like that. There are all kinds of things coming around the corner that you have no idea about 
that the enemy's trying to do. And we need a two-way communication God, with the Lord to say, hey, pull over right now or move aside right now or get to the next space really quickly because there's something coming around the corner. How many of us would like to know what's coming around the corner a little more clearly? And so today I want to help us to understand something, that there are two potential plans, two potential paths for every one of us in our lives. John 10 and 10 says that, that the thief comes, this is path one, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's one path. The second path, see the enemy has a plan, it's not good. He plans to steal to kill, to destroy our lives, our future, our family, our marriage, anything good that God's given us, the enemy is out to destroy it, to destroy your purpose, to destroy what God's created you for, so that the lives he's meant you to touch, not only would your life be changed, he doesn't want to see your life be changed, but he certainly doesn't want to see you be an effect for God in the world. So that's his plan. He wants to destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you might have life, you might have life and have it to the full or the overflowing or the abundance, the more than just getting by. One path, another path. But Jesus wants us to know that he's meant to come into our life to cause our life to be full of life. Paul described it this way in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, one of the great apostles of our faith. He wrote this to describe those things that God has for us. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things that God has revealed to us by his spirit. Now, my analogy earlier was about a logging truck coming around the corner because that's most of the time how we look at it. But what does God have around the corner for us? There are things that we have not seen yet that he has already seen. There are things that you have not imagined yet that are already on the heart of God. There are things that you have not spoken yet, but God has already spoken about for your life there are things that, that you have not even got into the place of an imagination that you thought was just a dream, but God is already out in front of you preparing something for you. Two paths for our lives. That's the path. God wants to reveal and the enemy wants to steal. And depending on what voice you're listening to on the radio, one is revealing and one is stealing. And I want to walk into the revelation that God has for me for my future because I can't step into what I have never seen. But when God reveals it, I can see what's really there. Now, I thought about this earlier and I thought, well, I, I have a jacket on, but it's hiding what Christmas eats I've done. I could take my jacket off right now and reveal something that nobody wants to see. God has things that are hidden from you right now that he wants to reveal to you. Proverbs 25, and I think it's verse 8, says, 
It's the, to the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's to the glory of a king to seek it out. In other words, there are things that are concealed from you right now, not because God wants to hide them from you, but because he wants you to pursue him for them. Because if you want, and, and I love the word that it says king, that there's a place that you're at right now that God wants to raise you up another level, but it's only going to happen when we start to see what he sees, hear what he's spoken, move where he's going it's not an exaggeration at all there is possibility and here's where it begins to get a little mucky not only is there possibility there is also opposition and that's where we sometimes mess it God's going to do a great things it's going to be a life full he's full in abundance and unseen things and blah and then you wake up and you lose Go to work and you do all your stuff. The apostle Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians. There is a wide open door for a great work here. We love that. 1 Corinthians 16 and 9. There is a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. That's the way it is seeing God. God's revealing the enemy's trying to steal there's a wide open door, There's, and that speaks to an invitation. As a door opens, you step out of where you are into a new zone. You step out of one place into a new place. You stepped out of where you were into what you will be. There's a wide open door, but, but what is there there? There is many who oppose me. The enemy is opposing you. And we read in the Gospel of Matthew, and from the time of John the Baptist, this is Jesus from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. Throw that verse up there. Whoever's up there somewhere. There you go. The kingdom of heaven has been advancing, but what's happening is immediately as you begin to advance. Attacking. So you're trying to advance into what God has for you. You're trying to go into what he's revealed for you. You're trying to step into what he has for you. And there's an opposition against you. And when God is about moving someone, moving a church, moving you forward, sometimes it's just because uh, we experience opposition. Let's not blame it all on the devil. Sometimes we, I'll put my hand up, do stupid things, and I experience opposition. But we cannot underestimate the reality and the possibility that as you're trying to advance, there's an enemy of your soul that's trying to attack you, dissuade you, cause you to get on your back foot, cause you to give up and, and walk away from. But there is a God who is forcefully advancing the kingdom of God in your life, the purpose of God for your life. Your future is moving forward, that the attack is not the end of the story, that God is moving forward in your your life. See, we forget that we are not only a child of God, but as first Timothy says, we are also a soldier. We experience incredible opportunity, but there's opposition. We experience the, the reality that we're a wide open door, but there are many who oppose. And here in Canada, in the West, we grow up and we live in a society that believes only in what we see. But if the last couple of years have revealed anything, there's more going on than meets the eye. 
And I'm not talking about a conspiracy of man. I'm talking about the conspiracy of hell to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That has been the plan of the enemy from the beginning of time. It's to destroy you, to destroy your call, to move you out of what God's called you to do and be, to destroy the work of the church of God, to, to stop the church from moving forward. But... There's a battle going on in the unseen. And so the apostle Peter counsels us in 1 Peter 5 and 8, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. There is an enemy of your soul that is looking to devour, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. There's two paths, two opportunities in front of us. Even as we look forward into 2022, path of, of an enemy that's trying to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The path of Jesus that's, I want to lead you into life, that's life abundant. There are things I want to reveal to you. But what, how are you going to make it then? Different options, different challenges, difficulties, worry, anxiety, pressure against you. What do you need? What does being an effective person, an effective soldier in the kingdom of God look like? What do you need? We need much communication. All this to say that if we are to be fruitful, if we are to be effective, if we are to be walking in God's plan for our life, if we stand at a crossroads, as was said earlier, and step into what is 22, I'm going to speak the name of Jesus, but I'm going to walk into God's plan for my life. If I'm to overcome, I need strategy and plans different than what got me here. I need to hear God's voice. I need two-way communication. We need to hear God to know what to do. How many of us need to know something we don't know right now? We need to know what to do for our lives, our families, all the things that we've talked about. We need to hear God to know what to do. It's all through the Bible. In the Old Testament, David the king, in the famous stories of David and the Goliath, David, when he was just become king, and immediately, it's a good example too, immediately as he became king, the enemy came against him, the Philistines. And they were coming and they were strong and they, were, they had all the swords and the chariots and they were coming against him. And David did what every follower of Jesus says, and David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give me them into, your hand, into my hand? And the Lord said to David, go up. Somebody say, go up. We love that. Go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. So he does. He beats them back. They leave, and they run off back to their home. But eventually, as the enemy is wont to do, they came back. So David asks again in verse 23. Then David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up? He said, the Lord said, you shall not go up. The same enemy four verses later. A new situation. You shall not go up, go around to their rears and come against them opposite the balsam tree. That's fairly specific, isn't it? The first time, go up and I'm going to give it. The next time, no, don't go up. Go around the back and then come up by the balsam tree. Wow. I think of just the incredible detail in that. The same enemy, but a different strategy. How many of, our, of us are experiencing, not experiencing what God has for us because we're just 
doing what we've always done, and perhaps God wants to release a different strategy for a different season. Even though it's the same enemy, he's a little different coming back, and you're a little different, and the year has been a little different. It's nothing exactly the same. So we can't just go on what we've always done. We have to step in and say, God, what are you saying in this season? What are you saying at this stage of my child's life? What are you saying about my marriage right now? How am I to move in my finances right now? Because everything is always in flux, And God is not going to be caught by surprise. He knows what's coming around the corner. And he wants to speak into your ear and into my ear so that we can take the pathway that he's created for us. Maybe you're looking at something and you're just relying on your past experience. I'm believing that as we take these time over these next 28 days, that God's going to open our ears to hear in a new and a fresh way. There's also a New Testament example of Paul and his companions. Paul was a great uh, pastor and, and apostle starting churches all over, which meant he was traveling a lot from place to place. And he would go from place to place and start a church and, and go here and start a church. He was always on the move. And we come up to him in, in chapter 16 of Acts. And he's on a missionary journey. And it says, and they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Hear that. Forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they came up to Mycenae, they attempted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Forbidden, do not allow. So, passing by Mycenae, they went down to Troas, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Was there anything wrong about going to preach in Mycenae? It's not a rhetorical question. No, that's what God's called them to do. Was there anything wrong about going into Bithynia? No, there was not. But... Paul discovered that the Holy Spirit had another plan that was beyond where he was and said, I want you to go, Paul, across into Europe and take the gospel into Europe for the very first time. Although you've been doing well over here, I'm going to expand you and take you into a new place. Don't just go by what you've always done. The Holy Spirit forbade him. The Holy Spirit said no to him. I was talking about this with someone this week. I was like, how did he know? Maybe it was super spiritual and he heard a voice, Paul, don't go that way. I don't know. Or maybe it was he just couldn't get a ticket on the stage, coach. I don't know. We just somehow he came to the understanding through communication with the Holy Spirit that God had a different plan than he did. And that's why we need to hear from the Holy Spirit in two-way communication so that God can direct and lead the details of our lives. And that need didn't stop in the Old Testament or the New Testament. If you ever want to like really see how it works, look through the book of Acts and read how often visions, dreams, prophetic words, listening to the Holy Spirit in various ways, how God directed his people. And he's not changed today. He's not changed today. In 2002, we were uh, in a space in uh, Campbell River and it felt like we were supposed to move from the job that we had at that time 
and then opportunity came. There was a door opening, and we were trying to figure it out. And we were going back and forth and thinking about it. Well, there's pluses to staying in Campbell River. We've got a good job, and it's paying well. And there's lots of people that we know, and we don't know anybody in Courtney. And I don't know how that's going to work. It's going to be difficult, and uh, I'm not sure. And we even got some prophetic words that God's going to make it clear and all this kind of stuff. And and I remember just just being agitated a little bit. Lord, what do you want? And I was reading in Acts one morning and about Peter and a lame man. And it says Peter was going up to the temple and on the way he passed a lame man who was there who said so uh, was begging for money. And Peter says to him, silver and gold I do not have, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus stand up and walk. And then he says, and he took him by the hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, the man stood and began to walk. I, it was like a, it just came to me. I was like, wow, this is what God was saying to me in that moment. Craig, just like that lame man was healed, he had to make a decision to move. His feet and his ankle bones were made strong, but no one could make him leap. No one could make him walk. He had to then obey what God had already done. And I felt like God was saying to me in that moment, Craig, I've already told you, and it's not going to become clear to you until you begin to walk it out, and then I will make it clear to you. I said, can we make it clear? And then, no, just follow me. And the crazy thing was, I went to work and I came home that night and I sat down with Shannon and I was about to share it. She said, I got something to share with you. And she said, I was reading, I've told you this before, I was reading in Acts chapter 3 and I saw this part where Peter, and she told exactly what I had just said, what the Holy Spirit had just said to me, I should say. And so it became very clear to us. And we need the direction of the Holy Spirit. We need two-way communication with God. Life is too crazy. There's too much complication. There's too much craziness in our world and brokenness and the challenge of hell that we cannot function without hearing the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes when you, even when you truly know what God know, wants you to do, you know that you're doing the right things, but it's really hard to stand. And if maybe it's hard to stand for a troubled marriage. It's There's healing that you're waiting for. There's salvation for a spouse. There's desire for a child. I don't know what you've been waiting on, but it can be easy to lose our strength and our courage and our perspective and our endurance. So not only do we need to hear God to know what to do, we need to hear God to sustain us in troubled times. Is it troubled times? Anybody else? We need to hear God to sustain us in troubled times. God does not and will not leave us high and dry. We see this again in the history book of the church in Acts where we find that the apostle Paul had just been arrested in Jerusalem and in the process had almost been torn to pieces, was thrown into jail by a violent mob. Wouldn't that put some fear in you, almost torn to pieces? I'm in jail. Wouldn't that put some fear in you? See what Jesus does for him in Acts 23 and 11. The following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, said, everybody say said. You need to hear. Take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. Paul couldn't turn his fear into courage by simply trying harder. Paul couldn't fake it until he makes it. In contrast, when Jesus stood near him, he spoke a word of courage into his heart. And his fears subsided. God never intended for us to work up our own encouragement 
or to try to find it in something else or to distract ourselves enough so that we can try and get moving forward. Because spiritually, there are times when you and I are bearing an immense spiritual or emotional or medical burden that's simply too great for us to bear. And you can feel the weight simply slipping past your ability to endure and carry on. And sometimes we can't even figure out how to pray. But Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. We need to hear God to be able to sustain us in troubled times. And look at that. His words are spirit and they are life. Jesus through his word to you, and it doesn't mean it has to be an, an angel appearing or a loud voice. It just can be, as I experience most of the time, it's just this inner sense of knowing, ah, that's God speaking. And his word can come in and give you life. And he wants to breathe a living, fresh, active, creative, transformational word into your spirit to allow you to not just survive, but to be able to sustain you in troubled times. And his word brings peace and drives out anxiety. His word brings hope and drives out fear. His word just comes and does all that it's sent out to do. We need to hear from God to sustain us in troubled times. Isaiah 55, 8, 9, the worship team, wherever you are, you can come. For my thoughts, this is God speaking, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God has so much wisdom. God has so much to reveal to you. There's so much for you around the corner that God has for you. There's so much that he wants to step you out of and step you into. There's things that he wants to reveal to you. Are we humble enough to admit this? I need to hear from God. I need to hear from God. I can stay where I'm at in my own experience or I could step into what God's revealing instead of let the enemy continue to be stealing. I can not live in a fatalistic way and say, well, if it is, it is. No, that I would hear God and step forward. I can live in discouragement and like, I don't know what's going on. I'm not sure, but I want to hear God and let his word breathe life into me and breathe hope into me and breathe courage into me and breathe new strength into me. I need to hear from God. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. And he wants to show you how. Not to be a pipe dream, not to be something for somebody else who's got their life all figured out and knows exactly, which is nobody. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. In Isaiah 30 and 21, it says this, whether you turn to the right or to the left, you will hear a voice. Your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. He wants to lead and direct the details of your life, of what's concerning you, of what's weighing you down, of what your wondering is, about the frustration with all the stuff that's going on, because his words are spirit and they are life. His words will reveal so you can step into what he has for you. And I invite you to stand to your feet and we're gonna respond in a moment.
And whether someone's online watching right now or in the room, I want to speak first to those that that maybe don't have a relationship with Jesus and have not made their life or not surrendered their life to Jesus. The first step is just to do that, is to surrender to Jesus and he can begin to write the story for 2022. That's not just based on what you've been through or what your experience or your past is, but it's an invitation for Jesus to begin to lead your life and surrender and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Second, I wanna speak to all weary warriors. I'm gonna be praying for myself. I'm gonna be praying for you and our church that each of us, as we take and spend time over the next 28 days or so, and hopefully beyond, but as we're taking some time aside, that you will hear a word from God for you to sustain you, that will enliven you, that will breathe fresh life into you. And finally, to all the, the ones that might be disengaged, would we be willing then to pray and contend for a fresh revelation from God? through the Holy Spirit. Listen, close your eyes for a moment. I wanna give people opportunity to respond. You'd say, Craig, I, I'm one who wants to, just give, close your eyes to give privacy to the people around you. It's nothing spooky, nothing like that. Just we wanna give privacy for people to respond. If you're in the room or you're online and you know that you need to surrender your life to Jesus, maybe you walked away from him, maybe, you, maybe you've never surrendered your life to him. But you can, if you're online, you can email prayer at horizonchurch.ca and let us know. If you're in the room, if you wanna just raise your hand and I wanna pray for you and that's all that I'm gonna do right now. Yeah. If you're a weary one right now and you say, Pastor Wu, I need a fresh word from God to sustain me. Just raise your hand in the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or maybe you're saying, Craig, I need a fresh, some fresh revelation for 2022 for what God has for me. If that's you, just raise your hand in the room. Yeah. Beautiful thing is Jesus promises that call unto me and I will answer you, show you great and mighty things that you're not even aware of right now. They're secret things, hidden things that he wants to reveal. So Holy Spirit right now, to every weary heart right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, we can't do anything by ourselves, but I, I know that you can through a word from heaven. So where there's weariness, Lord, I pray, that over today, you would begin something and over these next 28 days, a transformational work from the inside out. Just if, that, if that's you, just say yes to Jesus quietly. Give him permission. Lord, that a word from heaven would come and sustaining word, a transforming word, a life-giving word, a revealing word. Lord, for those that are need a fresh revelation this morning, Lord, that our eyes will begin to shift and look ahead to what you have coming for us around the corner. And may you even change the expectation of our heart to move from there's something coming around the corner that's gonna whack us to God has something good in front of us. 
re-engage our hearts, Lord Jesus. We surrender afresh to you, Lord Jesus. We surrender our expectations. We surrender our pain. We surrender our, our anger. We surrender our frustration. We surrender anything, Lord, that, that it would hold us back from the new that you have for us. We don't want to approach 2022 the same way we approach 2021. We want a fresh revelation, a fresh strategy, a fresh insight, a fresh knowing by the Spirit of God. And so we give you our yes, Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.